Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have with me a guest who is here to talk about a topic that is so near and dear to my heart, um, not only because it's something that we need to shed light on, but it's something that I myself and several family members have battled with all of my life. So I want to introduce everyone to Ruby Mabry. Hey, Ruby. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Thanks so much for having me. It is my pleasure. Can you tell listeners who you are and specifically what you do? My name is Ruby Mabry, and I am my background's in healthcare, nursing, medical transcription, healthcare management, and I'm the chief executive officer of a few mental health facilities here in Florida. I'm an international best-selling author, mental health advocate, speaker, and PR and marketing of the Greater Haitian American Chamber of Commerce. So what led you to start blazing this trail as a uh, mental health advocate? Like what sparked that for you? Well, I didn't realize it, but I've been battling it since the age of 13. And as of last October, I decided to seek some help after I purchased seven dresses for a 50th birthday party and I said something has to be wrong because all seven dresses I didn't like the way it looked on me even though everyone was telling me it looked great so I decided to do an online test which was a body dysmorphic disorder test and I failed it miserably so I I decided to make an appointment with the doctor and was referred to a counselor and that's when I was discovered to have body dysmorphic disorder, social anxiety, anorexia, and depression, all of which are mental health disorders. Do you know that you just named a whole bunch of things that people do not associate with mental illness? Yes, yes, I was surprised myself, yes. I I love that you also mentioned that you went online and did a test. You know, there's so many resources out there that a lot of people Um, they disregard because either it's fear of the results or they Mm -hmm. feel like there's no value to it. What, what went through your mind that first prompted you to, to take that chance and two, um, in order to follow through and seek help. Cause I think what the issue is and the barrier for most people is the ability to follow help. Like they don't follow through. So what was it? Sorry. Yes. I just felt that that's not, the appropriate behavior to purchase seven dresses, not only wasting the money, but just to have the remaining six just sitting here. And I didn't even like the seventh one that I put on. I just felt that that's not normal behavior. So I said, something has to be done about it. And I was very shaky. I was crying a lot and I'm not one. I'm, I'm a pretty tough cookie. I'm not one to cry a lot. So I was just a little unstable and I didn't like the way that I felt. I felt my heart was racing, sweaty, just real panicky. So I said, let me just investigate some of these symptoms online. And I came up with the body dysmorphic disorder and I did that test and it was just amazing. So I said, let me just make sure that that, that is what I have. And come to find out, I had three additional diagnoses. And so I want to highlight one of them specifically. I have a child that suffers with it. And when I say it to people, especially uh, professionals, they give me this crazy look. Um, mm-hmm. And you talked about an eating disorder. And in a lot of the work that I've done in addiction and a lot of other fields, it's a co-occurring disorder most, 
normally. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What what was it that um, that prompted you to get help for eating disorder? Well, I've been on a diet since 13, and my new best-selling book, I discussed what I was going through. Uh, it's called Broken Chains, and I discussed being on a diet, basically, since the age of 13 due to something that was said to me by an older gentleman at the time in the eyes of a 13-year-old. Mm. I, I thought it was just very cruel, and he was just basically saying that I was overweight and too curvy. But now that I'm looking at it, he was actually being perverted. But that led me on a down, down, downhill spiral, basically. And I just started dieting, exercising, not eating, counting calories, diet pills. It was just amazing. I was really, I think it's been 36 years that I've been on a steady diet, calorie counting. So that's what... um. She realized that that's what I had was, an, uh, was anorexia, which I was shocked when she told me that because I'm pretty, I'm a pretty curvy girl. I'm not anorexic like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so, but it doesn't matter what you look like when you start doing those obsessive, you know, things. That's what happens. You have this disorder. I'm listening so. to you because I'm hoping that you're busting it wide open for a lot of people. People have the perception of these labels and they don't associate mm -hmm. it with the behaviors. And that mm -hmm. we have to understand is that we have to educate ourselves and each other on what these things are because it's not always vomiting. It's not always yeah. starving. It's not always doing things. People just see what they see on TV. They just see a glimpse mm -hmm. of something and they associate it with that. Not understanding it is the like you said the obsessive behaviors that are affiliated. Yeah. Not only that, but the perception of self because mm -hmm. we do to try to alter the outcome when it has nothing mm -hmm. to do with it, but it mm -hmm. can stem from one comment. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that, but it's true. From the time that he told me this, I've been on a diet, and. It, it wasn't vomiting like you were saying for me. It was just restricting myself. I would starve mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. Even my husband would say, well, I don't, how can that be? She, he says, you barely ate. He answered his own question. You barely ate anything when we were in high school. You just ate a bag of chips and a drink. And I said, exactly. I was restricting my calories. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've always done that. And to this day, I still continue to do that. But I'm trying to, you know, it's a journey. I'm trying mm -hmm. to work on it. Yeah, be intentional about changing the behavior. And exactly. you know, you make me, you know, think myself about, you know, even from a kid, you know, eating in public and, you know, grazing. I've always thought it was a certain thing, but, you know, I think it's affiliated with the perception of weight concept, you know. Yeah. I was a model yeah. back when being a full-figured model wasn't a thing. And the minute they said, no, you, you, you're too big, you know, mm -hmm. those little comments coming from anybody can change our yeah. perception of self. And it can harm us for mm -hmm. 30 plus years, you know, and, and now trying to negate that and learn how yeah. to change those behaviors and stop the cycles and do all these things. What amazes me about your story is that you're busting a lot of things wide open. You are literally putting your finger and telling your truth about things that many people would never realize. They were right. on and on and on for years and years and years. And not to mention People need to understand the magnitude of these concepts because some of it is hereditary. And yeah. in not having the conversations, we're passing these things on to our children. And then when we mm -hmm. look back and they have addiction or they have these things, they're mm -hmm. all, 
the, the correlation is there and we have to do something about that. And that's why I love that you wrote a book about it. Can you explain to listeners what Broken Chains is all about? Uh, okay. Broken Chains is there's eight beautiful and phenomenal dynamic women who they share their stories of basically how they were empowered to overcome their personal trials. And these women have dealt with hardships, but they continue to persevere and break the chains of adversity and live it with purpose. Some, some, some of the stories are about domestic violence, illness, death of a loved one, mental health, escape, rejection, survival, acceptance, etc. It's just truly amazing, I feel, what we as women can do when we collaborate with one another. another. Ooh, I love that. Because we can't do it alone and we have to get over no. that. We got to understand it's not about competition. It's about healing and moving forward and yeah. healing each other at the same time because our stories are different, but yet they're so similar. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's the main reason why I wanted to do this anthology and put it together because so many of us women, we wear so many hats and we feel that we're alone, but we're not. There's many people going through the same similar situations. And I just wanted everyone to know that they're not alone. I love that. And so you have become a mentor. And I want you to tell listeners about your focus of self-love, self-work, self-confidence, and self-worth and body image. Like we talked a little bit about what it all means, but what, how do you uh, move this forward in a, a mentorship um, ideology? Hmm. Well, I want to continue doing anthologies to actually spread more awareness and support other women or men that's going through, whether it's domestic violence or mental health, et cetera. But I want everyone to know that speaking up doesn't show weakness. It actually shows strength because there's people dying in silence every single day. And that was basically me. And I just want everyone to start the conversation. And number one thing is that the way that we talk to our children we have to be careful the way we talk to our children because that becomes their inner voice and it, it can harm them for life. Like I stated, 36 years later, I'm finally seeking help, you know, and one in five people suffer with a mental health disorder, especially in the African-American community. I want to make sure that we talk about it because we all have mental health issues, you know, at various different times. Mm-hmm. Some are made with- yeah, all of us do. Mm-hmm. So talking about our mm-hmm. mental health shows everyone that we're not alone. We're breaking the stereotypes and that makes it, you know, hard to talk about. We're, you know, growing up, we were taught not to air out our dirty laundry. We're conditioned to believe that, you know, as black people, we are strong. Don't show them you're weak. You know, any part of our body can get sick. And just because you have a few problems regarding mental health doesn't mean that you're crazy. There's help out there and you have to seek counseling and help. And there's always someone to talk to. So many of us, I feel, are walking around broken. I mean, I was walking around broken and invisible and wearing a mask, you know. And so I just feel that we need to speak up more about mental health. And that's what I'm about. I just want to be able to share it and let people know you can talk about it and still be fearful. That's what I'm doing. And just let everyone know that they're not alone. Amen. I mean you hit on the fact that we can't hide that, you know, masks, you know, and it's funny because so many people appear strong on the outside and especially professionally, you know, people put the emphasis on their success and they feel like, okay, they're okay because they look this way over here. 
and they're struggling internally, not to mention the things you have to take in and experience in getting there, you know, how we cope with it a lot of times wrong. You know, we Mm -hmm. we do this to get through this and we do this to get through this and we're not understanding that we're harming ourselves. And the the further we go on doing it wrong, the harder it is to change later. And exactly. you know, that's a concept that I'm struggling with myself, not only in, in health, but in marriage and relationships, because as you said, in certain cultures, we're taught certain things, you know, yeah. you know not to need help, not to ask for help, you know, not to tell mm-hmm. what goes on in this house, stays in this house, you know, all exactly. of these things. And I know I've looked at programs and stuff before even working in the field. You look at mm-hmm. programs and stuff and you say, oh, that won't work for me. You know, we have- right every excuse in the book we disassociate we think it doesn't apply we you know and and ultimately we have to decide that we're ready to make change because it's literally living in prison inside your body you have all this going on it's true yeah that's exactly how i feel yep well can you tell listeners how to find you they could find me on facebook at author ruby mabry as well as Instagram, author Ruby Mabry. All right. And you have a website as well, right? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> www.liveonpurposemastermind.com. All right, y'all. She said www.liveonpurposemastermind.com. Again, this is Ruby Mabry. And you guys need to check out her book, um, I knew it. Broken chains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, it's profound. Um, <laughs> broken chains. I mean, that it speaks for itself because regardless of what's going on in your life, and when you guys hear these authors writing these books, don't think that your label doesn't apply because these concepts are universal. And we really mm-hmm. have to start investing in our personal development and our mental health because you cannot have physical health without mental health. And no matter what's going on, I need you guys to tap in and start doing the research and start reading. You have all of these people out here who are writing books and telling their stories. And there's nothing more profound than a story. You know, if people are having the courage to take these masks off and tell their truth so that you don't have to go down the same roads that they did, then take the time to support it and to educate yourself. Ruby, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. All right, listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Your Voice, Your Power. I'm Anika Wilson. Stay powerful.